Hello, and welcome to The Kink Perspective. My name's Chris. I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. On this episode, I'm going to talk about BDSM and one-sided relationships. In an ideal world, our friends and romantic partners would come with a healthy balance of give and take, where I might take out my friends one week, and the following week they might reciprocate. It's a balance, doing things for one another out of the bond of the relationship. Over time, though, these relationships can misalign, and expectations in the balance you once had can become more one-sided. When this occurs, it's a cause of a lot of mental distress. It can become quite draining to the relationship itself. Lately, on social media, a lot of commenters have been pushing the notion that dominants are the sole arbiters of a DS relationship, that the dominant is completely responsible for how the dynamic works. This, in turn, sets a dangerous precedence for a one-sided relationship. You might be asking or thinking to yourself, but aren't DS dynamics one-sided? No, not really. They're a reciprocal relationship in which communication, negotiations, limitations, agreements, boundaries, likes and dislikes, and more are discussed between both consenting parties, in which a power exchange dynamic of some variant is set up with both parties contributing to it. The dominant person leading, guiding, enacting the scenes and setting up the rules and structures and so forth, with the submissive party also engaging, contributing to the scenes, fulfilling their roles, asking questions and providing emotional feedback and more. So, what is a one-sided dynamic anyway? No relationship maintains a perfect balance. There will always be a little bit more give and take. Healthy balances sit in the range of about 55 to 45%. You can edge that a bit closer to the 50-50 mark. However, a true 50-50 relationship is not always attainable. It's not that there is no balance or someone's not considerate. It's just that one person may freely give a bit more. It's not a competition either. It's just that there are acceptable balance ranges before the scale tips and that status quo can no longer be maintained. When we are in these reciprocal relationships, you know where you stand with your partner. You work well as a team together. You can rely on one another. You can meet each other's expectations happily. The foundation has been built. The stability is solid. It's familiar. And it's growing in a healthy direction. In a one-sided relationship, though, it's quite different. One partner does the majority of the work in the relationship. They put more into the emotional connection. They put in the strenuous physical labor of it. And mentally, their mind never stops thinking about the dynamic. Partners begin to take notice that they're the ones initiating contact, either via messaging or phone calls, or going over to their partner's place. They often find that they're the ones doing more of the listening than discussing how they feel, and never find the right moment or opportunity to discuss their emotions or thoughts. BDSM dynamics are agreed, shared obligations that both parties want to enter into. Because the BDSM lifestyle is a non-traditional relationship archetype, beginning or seasoned members of the community need to share the responsibility for the dynamic. To place the entire onus of a relationship solely on the dominant, regardless if the submissive is new or seasoned to the lifestyle, sets up the precedence that the submissive has no responsibility whatsoever within the relationship. So if a partner, the submissive, entering a relationship with someone new, the dominant, has no responsibility in the relationship, what's the point of the relationship in the first place? I would argue it's not a relationship at all. 
I'm also not discussing paid interactions, because they lack the emotional component. While if we encounter this behavior in a friendship, because there are far fewer shared obligations between both parties, this does not carry the same weight as someone there is some sort of romantic or erotic connection with. As a relationship dynamic moves forward, the formulation of shared paths, ideas, desires, scenes, types of play, values, and goals is all taken into account. That carries more weight the deeper you go into the relationship, so the stakes of the relationship become that much higher. So what are some of the signs of a one-sided dynamic? No two one-sided relationships look the same. They all have different appearances to them. They look different because the imbalance lies within those things we value and have discussed, the skill sets that we have, the values we project, and the ideas of the future we shared. I've yet to meet anyone who does not like the idea of reciprocity, the give and take, because that's the foundation of how we build trust and longevity with someone. If I'm a good confidant, a great listener, I offer sound advice, I'm stable, I want a partner who has similar qualities. That offers the teammate vibe. Unfortunately, while some look good on paper, we end up going through a lot of relationships because it's hard to find the match that best suits who we are. If you notice a few of these signs that you are investing more in effort into the relationship than your partner, it may be signs of a one-sided relationship. You never feel the deeper connection past the surface level. Your partner doesn't sacrifice anything important to them for you. You find yourself constantly apologizing in the dynamic even if it wasn't your fault. Or the relationship makes you feel consistently exhausted. You might be starting to wonder, how does this pertain to dominance? If they're the ones constantly setting the scenes with no input, that their pleasure levels aren't met, that their emotional responses are going unanswered, and they're the ones that are putting in all of the effort, it can become taxing on the dominant as well. And burnout in relationships is something that's very real. The stress of being in a one-sided relationship can take its toll physically and emotionally. Looking after yourself can become problematic because you are more hyper-focused on your partner than yourself. You may forgo issues that are concerning you because your needs have become secondary to your partner's needs. This can cause feelings of depression, anxiety, raise levels of hypervigilance, and disrupt sleep patterns. While these things can come with any stressful environment, they can be exacerbated in a one-sided relationship, especially when the relationship's already producing a lot of stress. So what causes one-sided dynamics? Well, it's easy to look at a one-sided relationship as immoral, as one party using another. That the party enacting this behavior is ignorant to their partner's feelings or they're just plain rude. We have to understand though, not everybody knows how to be involved in a healthy relationship. That being a good friend or a partner to someone takes time and patience and a hell of a lot of work. It's not like when we're young and we're in school, there's relationship courses and we learn how to be a good listener, be responsive to our partner, or learn to express our emotions. Even though we possess these tools, it's not like we're properly trained on how to use them effectively. It takes time. Our environments play a huge factor into this as well, especially our home lives, how we are raised, if we were shared as a family or was everything kept within, if we grew up in a family where there was constant fighting and our emotions became attached to different members of our families, we may unwittingly have only developed codependent skills for a relationship. Imperfect or undiscussed expectations and relationships lead to an imbalance. 
This may cause one to believe that the person should act in a certain way, that their dominant should always have the answers, that the dominant will always set the scene with no input, and that only their needs are being met during the dynamic. This will lead to a quick power imbalance change and could become a signal for the beginning of the end of the dynamic. While each person within the lifestyle, beginner or seasoned, has different experiences and levels within the community, we have to be willing to grow together, to learn together, communicate and set real goals that are attainable for both parties. But can we change a one-sided dynamic? Well, I've talked and argued this point with a lot of my friends, partners, and colleagues. It always comes down to one point, changing someone else that doesn't want to change. And frankly, that's nearly impossible to do. Just because you feel your attention, affection, training, skills, your love might be inspirational to them. And you think that your partner will suddenly transform into a better person because of your actions. You could be honestly grasping at straws here. The reality is that no one changes their behaviors unless they want to. It's the old adage, change comes from within first. We cannot make someone into something we want if they don't want that change first. You can put in all the work and training into a submissive and hope they will become a better submissive as a result. But the reality is you cannot change how they think or what they feel. We have all felt that heat inside of us when we meet someone new and we call them or ask them to get together and those responses go unanswered or unreturned. We have to take into consideration that it's just their personality. That's what they do. It's upon you to accept that. If you're in a dynamic that you think has potential and you're concerned for some of the areas of a relationship, consider seeking a third party for some help. It's a great way to have an objective person come in and see if you both want to maintain the same track or maybe it's time just to part ways. So now you're ready to end this one-sided dynamic. What do you do next? We inevitably arrive at this point when we know the relationship's not going to work, that the balance is gone and someone is now doing more than the other. Once you've made that decision to end the relationship, there's a few things you need to keep in mind. First, you need to put a definite expiry date on the end of the relationship. So if you say to yourself, hey, next Thursday, we're going to talk, then keep that date fixed in your mind. Set reminders for it. Be firm on that decision and keep to it. Don't backtrack on it, because if you do, you're handing over more control and dependency to that other person, and that can make life even more uncomfortable for you. Second, use impartial language. Focus on your statements and how they relate to you within the dynamic. Don't start pointing out their flaws of why this is ending. This will only lead to strife and arguments. Take responsibility for your issues within the dynamic and maintain your integrity. Finally, Make the breakup sound favorable for both parties, that no one person seems to be benefiting more than the other. This hope lessens the blame and cushion the emotional fallout for both of you. So here are my final thoughts on this issue. We have to take responsibility once we're inside of a dynamic. Both parties do. This helps formulate trust and dependability. It creates a space where we can be safe, we can be vulnerable, and be allowed to emotionally grow with one another. One person's not responsible for how someone else feels. They can be a contributing factor to it, but no one's responsible for someone else's emotional happiness. That doesn't mean we're ignoring their pain or their sadness. Instead, we stand by their side when they face their challenges. A relationship should always be a two-way street. 
It's not a bike path. If you find yourself riding down one within a dynamic, it might be time to reevaluate what you're doing in that dynamic and if it has the potential to move forward. Until next time, be safe and stay kinky.